This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Your aprons at the door, my brothers. Hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I'm your host, Right Worshipful Brother George Mudry, and with me tonight, Worshipful Brother Joe, Worshipful Brother Ken, and our guest tonight, we have uh, the other district deputy bailed. So right now, if we were doing the battle of the battle of the district deputies, uh, you're already winning. Yay! Yep. Yeah, he uh, he had to work, so uh, it ended up. But we have uh, Brother Marty McCary, Right Worshipful District Deputy of the Grand Lodge of the State of Connecticut for District Three A. Correct. You're in the north, right? North of uh, uh, yes, third district, a, correct? Like John Snow in the north. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but uh, so tonight we're going to be asking you, just asking you about your Masonic career and all that. Uh, but first, uh, let's plug our things. We have Freemason podcast. We have the Freemasons uh, community page, which has gotten relatively funny. Vote Mudry 2020, <laughs> and uh, the FreemasonsPodcast.com. We sell shirts and all kinds of other stuff, but. Uh, shout-outs. We're just going to do a generic shout-out to everybody. We uh, are unprepared. We'll just do it with our beer. It's fine. Okay. Uh, we're Some unprepared. Normally, we have uh, a splash of yours. Yes. We do a, a splash of alcohol, but Coffee. you're going to be working tonight. So. Yes. <laughs> we're going to give a shout-out to everybody who liked our page. Again, we've kind of lost track with the 300 and so plus that just added on, and we're reaching... Wow. 700 actually right You're now actually at 699 right we're, now we're knocking on the door uh, who's gonna be 700 am i down here i don't know no, it's just it's the the connection to the headphones it's just how it is trust I me well, i mean you guys sound fine i can't hear myself you can't hear yourself no you're up same same as us i can hear you loud and clear yeah you're loud and clear trust me but we are knocking on the door of 700 likes let's toast them brethren right hand arms to arms, arms. ready Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 Have it, man. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Have it. I'm special. I, I've been told that several times. Like hockey helmets. Uh, Apple reviews. Actually, let me grab my phone. Where is it? We had another review on Apple, and maybe Joe. I think we had one on uh, the review on Facebook. Maybe you could look that one up while I'm looking at the Apple one. Uh, let's see here. We had a Apple five star review from Nathan nine nine eight three, and he writes: 
Funny and informative. Five-star review. Greetings, brothers, from Nathan Davis here out in Western Sun Masonic Lodge, number 91 in Wheelersburg, Ohio. I am new to the podcast, and I love every minute of it. Keep it up. So mote it be. S-M-I-B. Sweet. Thank you. Another one. Five-star review. Awesome podcast from Fitzy3400. Very informative, very fun. As someone who is gathering information to decide about Freemasonry, I enjoy the banter, and most times I'm laughing to myself while I'm on the road. This podcast, and Freemasonry for that matter, represents what I think friendship and brotherhood should be. Vivat, vivat, vivat. Nice reviews. Very nice reviews. So, let's toast them. Uh, Ken, lead it. Yeah, well, brethren, right hand to arms. Arms. Oh, wait, hold on. George isn't, or uh, Joe's not ready. I was going to fake it. Yeah, whatever. Can't do that. (laughs) We're live. There is no fakery. Ready. 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 Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva! 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 Viva. Find that yet, Joe? Nope. You suck. I do. (laughs) Uh, But there's one other person that I want to... uh, I want to... Oh, I got it. You got it. Fire away. Nathan Davis recommends the Freemasons podcast. Amazing podcast. Greetings, brothers. Brother Nathan Davis here out of Western Sun Masonic Lodge number 91 in Wheelersburg, Ohio. Wheelersburg, Ohio. Love the podcast. Very funny and informative. Keep it up. So mote it be. So Nathan Davis. All right. Joe, lead it. You read it. Lead it. All right. Right hand to arms. Arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire good fire. Fire on. Together, brothers. Viva, viva, viva. I got one more. Uno mas. To our right worshipful district deputy who decided to come up here and play with us. <laughs> us band of heathens. I'm taking so many shots of coffee here. You're going to be yeah, so really. jittery for work later. He's got to work That's later, a, so it's perfect. Uh, yeah, you got to be up all night. But uh, thank you very much, right worshipful, uh, for coming up here and hanging out with us and talking to us and having fun with us. So, brethren, right hand arms. To arms. Ready. 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 Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire off. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 All right. So, let's get right into the meat and potatoes of this. Right, Warshall, Marty McCary. Tell us about yourself. What got you started in Freemasonry? And uh, where are you going from here? Yeah. Well, what got me started is one of my uh, co-workers um, was going through his, uh, was actually a member of Harmony Lodge. And uh, he, myself and uh, Right Worship Brother Shane Dufresne were both working the, uh, the desk one night and we saw him going over the coded ritual. And so we asked, what uh-huh. is that? And uh, how do you join? And we took the first step. So uh, he uh, was our uh, recommender, recommended us into Lodge back in 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, Shane and I both took our three degrees together. And uh, from there, we both got into the line. Shane was a chair ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we both progressed through the line up to the uh, Oriental chair. Being, uh, I was Master of Harmony Lodge in 2010. Mm-hmm. And from there, I uh, stepped right into the secretary's chair. So I was—I've been secretary since 
well, there's nine years, past nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, still am secretary. I've been a district deputy for the last year and a and damn a half. good secretary he is. <laughs> and, and I don't know about that. Um, and uh, I've been, you know, district deputy for the last year and a half, mm-hmm. finishing up my last year and a half, finishing up my last half a year. And uh, I'm also thrice potent master of uh, the Valley of Waterbury Scottish Rite. Ah, forgot about that. I'm also a member of uh, the York Rite Bodies out of Meriden. Mm-hmm. I'm also... You were a chaplain when I was president of Blue Lodge Council. Yes, I was chaplain of Blue Lodge Council. Um, I'm also the treasurer of Zinda Grotto. Jesus. And I'm also a member of the K. Alban Shrine Club. Wow, they really got you, yeah, huh? So yeah, they Jesus. yeah they really had me. So uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to uh, space things out. All right. So you uh, you were picked. Uh, you you were brought into uh, Harmony Forty Two. Yes. Uh, how old were you? Thirty eight. 38, when you yes. became a member of Harmony 42. Yes. Uh, and an apprentice degree. First thing I went through your mind. What the hell did I get myself into? What was well, it? You know what? It was, what did I get myself into? And, I mean, I had read a little bit about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't know what exactly to expect. Mm-hmm. But um, I was very pleased with the degrees and the symbolism. Right. You know, that was explained through the degrees. Um, I didn't really find anything scary or spooky, but mm-hmm. like anyone else, you get the jitters. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. yeah especially, we had a- especially on that first degree, you know, you really get the jitters. Our current master puked. That was my <laughs> oh, fault. He? I tortured him. Yeah. Did he really? <laughs> yes. He, um, you have to understand about Ryan though. He's a, uh, he's a Iraqi vet, uh, war vet. So. Uh. When you put him in a weird situation where he's already got PTSD and now you're asking him to uh, you know, do certain things prior to the green, not really knowing. Plus, it didn't help that me and Phil were telling him that he's going to have to ride a goat and all kinds of other <laughs> stuff. So we, uh, we pushed the envelope on that one. But what uh, got you sparked into Freemason? Like, What was your interest? What drew you in? Actually, the historical aspect more than anything. Um, you know, you look at the founding fathers. uh that were Freemasons, and it's amazing. It's amazing what they accomplished. They founded a country. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the Civil War, and you look at a lot of the uh, Civil War generals that were Freemasons. And it, it's just, it, it's phenomenal. The, the history of, the men, of men that have been Freemasons and the impact they've had on our society and our world is without, without compare. Right. Um, You've been to Gettysburg, right? You oh, guys do a bus several trip, times, right? Yes, I've been there probably about four times in the last five or six years. And yeah, uh, we do. It's a, it, Harmony does it, right? It's a Harmony project, right? Uh, it's the, the Gettysburg trip. The, uh, the bus Shane did the bus trip. It's usually like a Shane thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a Shane yeah. thing. It's not a Harmony thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it down there, oh, though. Yeah, he, he does. goes all the time. You've seen him like on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, right, Warshall Shane Dufresne. He was the uh, Grand Junior Steward. Yes, Grand, Grand Junior, Junior Steward. Steward. He goes there all the time. He yeah. loves it. We we were just down there back in August, <laughs> and we uh, we really didn't do anything Masonic per se. We just really did a lot of battlefield walks and battlefield tours. We uh, Shane has a good friend of his who's a uh, 
licensed battlefield guide. So we wound up walking uh, a part of the first day battles, and we wound up seeing um, uh, a uh, part of the battlefield that really no one's ever seen call, called the Lost Avenue, which is basically in the middle of a hundred of hundred acres of private property, mm-hmm. and I mean just phenomenal monuments. The th- one thing we didn't do that we usually do when we first get there is stop mm-hmm. by the uh, Masonic Gettysburg, Gettysburg Masonic Memorial, and we didn't even get there this time, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it, we were just. I didn't even know there was one there. Oh yeah, it's it's. Is incredible. that the brother to brother? Yes, memorial? brother brother memorial. Uh, yes. Yeah, I've heard about it. I've yeah, never actually seen it myself. It's but. phenomenal. Um, so uh, you became master of the lodge. Yes. So. What was the most gratifying and toughest thing as master in Harmony 42, besides having to deal with Ken? <laughs> I don't think I was there yet. No, Ken wasn't there yet. I wasn't there really? yet. Really? Uh, well, the toughest thing. So you weren't even a, you were even an itch in the, in the, uh, a vouchers. Uh, in... <laughs> no, it was, it was 2011 or 2012. Twenty baby. Yeah, twenty twelve I think is when I was raised. Yeah. So it was probably yeah. So this is pre me. Okay. You're a pre me. Hmm. <laughs> so, so most gratifying thing and toughest thing you had as master. Most gratifying thing uh, of course was raising Masons. Mm-hmm. Uh the toughest thing was having to do uh double sets of degrees every month because we had so many people coming in through the EMR system. We had to do two degrees every month to keep up with people Mm. so we were we were doing a lot of work Mm. and it's like you were we were putting through anywhere between uh eight and ten you know enterings passings raisings a month yeah we had years master we had one year i think it was under worshipable brother phil and it was just boom yeah. Every single meeting was a degree. It burns you out quick. Yeah. Well, well, we what we do is we just hold an additional special communication. So we'd wind mm-hmm. up having three meetings a month. Oof. And it was just it was it was a long year. Busy. Yeah. Busy. Very busy. Uh, That's when that once a month commitment that they tell you in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's once a month for ten months. It, it's not a lot of time. Realistically, <laughs> if you think about it, though, it is. Once it is once or twice a month if you don't partake in anything, you know, right, if right. you just stay a regular Mason, yeah, it's yeah. it's minimal commitment. It's not until you start taking officers chairs and then you get sucked into a pending bodies is where now your time is or, you know, you get dragged up here to podcasts and stuff like that. Right. Your time is. And then you affiliate with another lodge. Yeah. Then you go and affiliate with another lodge. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. yeah we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, did you get blackballed? I mean, no, I, I haven't handed. <laughs> no, I'm back. getting my stones busted because I still haven't given him the, the petition. For no, him. you actually did. I just haven't filled it out. It's in my backpack right now. Oh, so oh, I can okay. pass it back yeah, to so him now. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. You're good. So you know I'm in. <laughs> um, See what the standards are. So the is. why did you stop at Chaplin for Blue Edge Council? Just ran out of time. Um, yeah, basically, I ran out of time. Ran out of time. You know, right. it was just like I, I just didn't have time to do. A lot of the things I wanted to do. Yeah, it's it gets to be taxing yeah. sometimes. Um, so you eventually were appointed. You became an AGM first, correct? Yes, I was. I never made AGM with Shane actually back um, in 2010, 2011. So mm-hmm. I was AGM in my years master, right? 
and then I was AGM during my first year as secretary as well. So it's like everything comes in yeah. clumps, it I, seems. Yeah. I never did the. I never got to go the AGM route. I would have liked to have been an AGM, but yeah. um, what do we what do we call the AGMs? Glorified taxi drivers or drivers? Yeah. <laughs> Drive the car, hold the pins. Yes. Uh, so as AGM, basically, what was your what did you do as an AGM? Uh, the AGM, and I'm asking not only for the, the show but also my own personal thing is I never knew what an AGM did. I used uh, to just go, "You do that." <laughs> had one. The AGM uh, basically uh, does the introductions of Grand Lodge officers Mm -hmm. during official visits Mm -hmm. of the Grand Line to a district. So if if the Grand Master comes, the AGM is actually supposed to do all the introductions of the Grand Lodge officers to line them up and actually do the uh, introductions to Lodge or, Mm -hmm. you know, to uh, whoever, whatever body. Right. Um, As well as, you know, assisting the uh, district deputy in the inspections. I just also want to, in my... AGM stands for Associate Grand Marshal. For those right. who don't know, we say AGM, we give it the ac- uh, acronym and DDs, District Deputy, and all that. Uh, so after you were AGM, you, you was there a lapse? There was a lapse. Yes. Because it was a couple others, and then it was... Yes. Who was after Shane? Was it... Oh, I don't know. Oh, Burt Hughes. And was then it was Hughes? me, and then, then after uh, me, it came Chip... Mike Adams and somewhere along the lines. Yeah, again, there's two parts of our district. There's the north and the south. There there used to be three. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. There used to be three. Yes, there was three. That was McQueen, I think it was Grandmaster when he did three. And then they, and then a Grandmaster later went and did it to points of the compass and it got chaotic from there. But that's a whole other story. Uh, So you became district deputy. You were appointed and pick this district deputy and you oversee how many lodges uh right now five lodges five yeah so it's pretty much the same yes. thing um what are one of the one of the toughest things about for you being a district deputy what's one of the toughest things that you find uh either walking into a lodge and or just district deputy in general basically trying to break through the uh the nervousness on the part mm-hmm. of the uh brothers in the lodge Mm. oh no it's a district deputy oh no we gotta be on our best behavior True, you know yeah, it's yeah. you know we're all brothers oh we're all screwed then yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know because you go into lodge and there ten, tends to be a little bit of apprehension on the part of some brothers mm-hmm. it really doesn't have to be that you know because we're all brothers you know i've been through everything they've been through mm-hmm. and it's you know it's just trying to relax the brothers right. in the lodge, you know, either during a visit or during an inspection. So a couple things I just want to add on to this is that, you know, and I'll say the same thing. I had two issues. Either they were nervous as hell or they stone cold hated the Grand Lodge. <laughs> and they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah we'll talk a, offline. Out we'll talk offline about when I was DD. But um, you get the, like they're not. Nah, it wasn't me. <laughs> It's who who I represented. But anyway, we're moving on from that. But that stone cold, like, who the hell is the Grand Lodge coming here and tell us? And that's a, believe it or not, it's a stigma in some some lodges. I dealt with it. And yes, the nervousness as well. But, uh, you know, what the point I was trying to drive at is that, you know, the the district deputy and realistically doesn't have as much power as you think they do. Like everybody's got, oh, the district deputy's going to pull my charter. 
district deputy no, cannot pull cannot charters. Only the grandmaster nope. can't pull dues cards. The only thing that district deputy really realistically does is report back. Right. So and you know I've had a lodge that uh, and I'm sure you know of them because you were down here in the south at one point, right? Yes. Yes, you were the same down here three B. And uh, there's one lodge that uh, refused to give up their trustee information because they figured it's an in-house thing. And it, realistically, I'm like, eh, ring, ring, what do I do? <laughs> and he said, nothing. They don't want to give it up. You know, okay. And that was the end of it. And it was done deal. So district deputy really doesn't have the power. So lodges shouldn't, or even masters, shouldn't really feel like, I mean, again, every state, every grand jurisdiction is different, but... There's no pass or fail. Maybe you could talk about the uh, inspections now. Like, there's no, when I was there, there was no pass or fail. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like an overall health of the lodge. Yes. And is that the same still to uh, this day? Yes, pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it extends into financial health as well. Mm-hmm. So, which is why they want a lot of the, you know, profit and loss and trustees information and things like that. And just to see where the financial standings of the lodge are to make sure that they're able to endure. In future years. And on top of that, uh, it's not like they're going to, uh, at least I, I, again, when I was district deputy, I don't know how it is now, every grandmaster changed thing. But when I was district deputy, it wasn't a matter of, oh, your lodge doesn't have money. We're going to come shut you down. It right. was, how can we assist you? Yes, and how help can we you? help? Right. So after district deputy, where do you see yourself going? Are you all set? Are you... Well, let's see. After district deputy, riding I, off I, into the sunset. Like. No, no. Actually, I I, re, I would. You're like, going to continue being secretary for the rest of your life. Right? <laughs> yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I, you know, I haven't reached a decision on the secretary's uh, spot yet. Uh, <laughs> but I would one. I would like to get involved with uh, the York Wright bodies because mm-hmm. I went through the York Wright degrees and just haven't ha- haven't been back because I haven't had the time. So I would definitely like to get involved a little bit more in York Rite and uh, continue in my uh, journey with Scottish Rite. And it's just uh, both bodies are a lot of fun, and you meet a lot of great, a lot of great brothers. Uh, let's see here. So let's talk about secretary stuff. Sure. Woo-hoo. I'm a secretary. Have you picked your replacement? I already have. Uh, he just affiliated recently. Really? No oh, freaking wow. way. Hey, wow, <laughs> that's happy. great. No, no, no. Well, we got three secretaries in the house. I've got my hands full with my own. I've got one more year after this one, and then I'm done. Well, well, well here, here's the thing. Har- Harmony Lodge has approximately 175 members. Mm-hmm. So as a lodge, oh, wow. we, are, we are a big lodge. And just keeping track of everything is just, mm-hmm. it, it's a job. Yeah. It really is. Now, you're you're you said 175. Yes. Oh, well, yes. I mean, you're also in Waterbury too, so yeah, which is a city. We're in little rural. Waterbury has two lodges. That's true too. Um, are those all? How many do you have at an active night now? Uh, 25. 25 well, will that, show up for, yeah, a, same for active. Yeah. Yeah. Most of our people who are who are, you know, on the books. I think we got either 60 or 70 on mm-hmm. the books. But they're all live in Florida. <laughs> we have quite a few. Really. Yeah, they're all down south. Though, yeah. Uh, yeah. We only have a couple that are uh, up here. And have you done uh, now? I don't remember whose job is it to do the fifty-year pins. Maybe you could talk about That's, that program. The fifty-year pin is usually done by the uh, either the grandmaster or the grand lodge representative. Ah, uh, so it's not done by district deputies anymore no. because we uh, well we started doing them and then mm-hmm. we ended up mailing them. All right. right. But, 
whatever. Uh, but you would like to talk about uh, the program of uh, the uh, what's the program that they're running that district deputies are really pushing. The uh, perfect, cra- uh, perfect craftsman, perfect no. dashler, perfect dashler. Perfect thank dashler. you. Oh, Maybe yeah. you can talk about that in the mentor one sure. too. Well, uh, worshipful brother Ken here is a perfect dashler, so uh, he, he could probably tell you a lot, a lot <laughs> more about that. Than I he, he ain't a, he uh, damn sure ain't a perfect craftsman. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Not a perfect co-host <laughs> That's either. That's true. Yeah. No. You know, I'm sorry I missed it. I didn't get up there because I was at a uh, at a uh, Waterbury Regional Chamber event. That one of our brothers in Harmony got, uh, he was honored at uh, for the, he got the Malcolm Baldridge Award, uh, Giuseppe Pisani. So I was there instead of being at the uh, Blue Lodge Council. But um, so, so the Perfect uh, Ashlar Award is a uh, program designed by Grand Lodge. Actually, uh, uh, most worshipful brother Marshall Robinson came up with it mm-hmm. uh, from a program from another Grand Lodge, from mm-hmm. where I'm not really exactly certain. But it's basically a, a series of uh, 10 um, things you have to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, know, you have a choice of basically 15, but you have to visit lodges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to um, see each of the degrees. And you, you could start in the program once you uh, are entered uh, as an EA. Mm-hmm. And then you have a year after your raising to complete the program. So you have to uh, visit a certain number of lodges in your in your uh, district. Mm-hmm. You have to. Um, it's like uh, uh, all kinds of like help things. Right. Like, I think one of them is Masonic funeral. funeral term, yeah. Yeah. Masonic funeral. Yeah, you should uh, go visit a Masonic widow or a Masonic brother. Mm-hmm. Um, elderly, help setting up the lodge. Uh, help setting up the lodge. The Tyler, yeah. uh, doing a lot a lot a lecture in lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of things like that. So it, it's it's a fun program, and it gets brothers involved and actually teaches them more about Freemasonry. The uh, mentor program is a corollary to that program. And basically, the mentor program, what it does is, uh, you know, every brother should be assigned a mentor mm-hmm. when they're, you know, going through their degree. God, I hope he one of these two. <laughs> so. Hey. So what a mentor does is a mentor will sit with the brother, and one of the things is the me- in the mentor program is you're supposed to review and explain the obligations of each degree. Um, you're supposed to review and explain the landmarks of Freemasonry. Um, and so, you know, in addition to traveling with your uh, brother who is your mentee, Mm-hmm. So you travel with him, you you know you show him things, and you it's basically teaching. Um, so you gonna make it? No. <laughs> Ken knows CPR. I do. Oh. So do you? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I prefer Ken. <laughs> Help me, I'm choking. He's also a police officer. I'll be just steps in your chest. <laughs> <laughs> With a stun gun. He's fighting. He's fighting. Uh, all right. So, where do you see? What do you see that will in, improve Freemasonry uh, from your eyes? Again, my our three thing is what we're doing here. What do you see? How do you see to expand the craft and make it better? To bring in more people? What What do you think we can do? I think we have to we have to reach out to the public a little bit more. We we have to get a little bit more in the public eye 
whether one be through social media like we are doing here, or whether it be through community events um, like hat and coat drives, mm-hmm. you know, for needy children, right. um, you know, canned food drives around the holidays, uh, th- you know, things to get our name out. Like mm-hmm. the uh, the Valley of Waterbury does the uh, dyslexia walk for mm-hmm. the uh, learning center up in Waterbury, and, you know, which also helps get our name name right. out. So. Every Masonic organization has its own charity. Right. I think Masonry in general, just mm-hmm. ha- we have to publicize ourselves a little bit more. And next question. Is no doubt that Freemasonry is losing membership, mm-hmm. slowly but surely. How do you see, or why do you believe that is? I believe that um, life today is not what life was 20 years ago, 30 years, 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a numerous amount of, I'll say, uh, distractions Mm -hmm. in our lives that um, that weren't that didn't exist, you know, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. So 50 years ago, you know, you had TV, you had radio, but you didn't have the all absorbing things like social media mm-hmm. that went went through people's lives on a daily basis. You know, back back in the 50s, 60s, there weren't a lot of things to do. Life was simpler mm-hmm. and you had less things to do. You had a you had a smaller circle of friends usually because you you didn't have you didn't have 500 the world. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think masonry back then was a little bit, um, not, I won't say simpler, but, but it was more, uh, more real. Right. You know, you, know you, you went to Lodge and... It, the original Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You went to Lodge, you, you saw your friends, mm-hmm. but now there, there are so many things that compete for everyone's time. Yeah, it's it's difficult, and that's why I think uh, a lot of we we lose members mm-hmm. because people don't have the time, you know, today. You know, people are working, you know, two three jobs. Mm-hmm. They're working odd shifts, and it's it's difficult. Right. So you got a couple questions. Uh, first off, uh, do you know what our move program is? Did you see that on Facebook? What we're doing the move program? No. Uh, Masonic outreach for veterans everywhere, and oh, it's. Wow. It's uh, we're going to be going. Basically, we printed up. Uh, we have a we have a, an artiste, uh, brother Peter Daigle from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. who wrote up a beautiful image. It's posted all over. I think my Facebook, Joe's, Ken's, and uh, it. We're we're going to be reaching out to different uh, you know veterans hospitals, Fisher houses, in order to uh, bring in veterans into the fraternity, and because again our whole thing was and this is perfect. Oh, wow. uh, this is perfect. So like, we get to talk about it too. Uh, our hope is is that you know when veterans come back mm-hmm. from the military and they're now in the civilian world, they lose that piece of brotherhood that they yes. felt in the military. And we're not claiming to give that completely back to them, but it is a way to give a piece of it back to them. And you know, part of it is you know veterans. Uh, there's veterans that come back, and every or 22 of them die every day. Or I think the number is now 17, but we'll go with you know. 
between 22 and 17 veterans die each day from committing suicide. It's still way too many. And if we can bring them into a lodge and show them that there's a fraternity or brotherhood or brothers that will help them up and, and be with them and talk to them and be part of something greater than themselves, hopefully we can turn that back. So that is our move. Uh, so Joseph Salt, Worshipful Brother, Joseph Schultz asks, interesting programs, talking about the uh, two programs that we have in the state. What do you think about the, that MOVE program? Do you think that's a... I, I think it's phenomenal, outstanding. You know, I mean, um, I'm a uh, military veteran as well, not wartime, mm -hmm. but I uh, served in the Air Force uh, as a law enforcement specialist over at Clark Air Base in the Philippines, or rather what used to be Clark Air Base in the Philippines before Mount Pinatubo wiped it out. Uh, one, one of my grave disappointments in life is that I miss the volcano over there. I was already de roasted. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. Well, you said it wiped right the base out. Why are you he saying missed I missed it? I missed it. I'm disappointed I missed it. If you'd have been on the base. I, I, I already had a date return from overseas. I was back overseas, and then the volcano blew up. Uh, Did it immediately wipe out the base? <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Oh well, well, not immediately after I left. Oh, it was right. like about a year. But if you so. were there, you wouldn't oh. be with us. No, oh, yeah, yeah, I would have been there. Uh -huh. No one got killed or anything. Oh, okay. 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 No it as in it didn't. I'm thinking of like the movie Pompeii, which no, is, no. is exactly <laughs> what I... I'm surprised you know what that is. I've seen it with Jon Snow. Can you spell Pompeii? P-O-M-P-E-I-I. -I. Wow. wow. Oh, yeah. There's a that shot collar. Give it to Joe. <laughs> Uh, next question, same uh, same brother, uh, worship brother Joseph Schultz. He says he's from Delaware, and he says it's hard uh, to get lodges to work together in our state. Any advice on how they can coordinate their efforts? Um, if they have blue lodge councils, if they have something uh, akin to a blue lodge council, um, you know, attending a blue lodge council, or mm -hmm. start visiting other lodges within your district. And making connections with the brothers, that, and that's the best way. Mm -hmm. Make connections and visit and get to know everyone. See, and I think that's the key yeah. when we talk about losing members and competing for time. Mm -hmm. When you have brothers that are barely have enough time to attend their own lodge, yes. they don't travel as much. And when you Correct. don't travel as much, you don't see what other people are doing. You don't get mm -hmm. to hear those different ideas. You don't get to take other ideas back with you. And I think that's leading to that difficulty in coordinating efforts. Right. Um, so two things. Joseph Schultz is two, uh, and his brother Greg are from Delaware. And what do we call them? The Legion of Doom, Brothers they of have, Destruction, whatever. The They're funny brothers, as hell. Handsome brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, he says, go chair force. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you but, can say whatever you want back to him. But yeah, you. Oh yeah, listen. You know what? He can take it. Listen, listen I, I was an Air Force grunt. I was a cop in the Air Force. Uh -huh. So I went through air base ground fence training at Fort Dix, uh, New Jersey, and uh, yeah. So we had fun. I was a uh, M60 gunner. Matthew Butts uh, says uh, thank you for your service. Another brother. Thank you, uh, Chris Martinelli. I think you know him, right? <laughs> oh, chooch. As, yeah. <laughs> as sexually as secretary, <clears throat> now I got Joe complex, <clears throat> botulism. Uh, as secretary of his lodge, what are his honest feelings about Grandview? For those who don't know what Grandview is, it's a you know there's no more minutes or not minutes. Uh, there's no more monthlies. Everything is done automated through the computer. Uh, and why do some old timer secretaries not like it? 
All right. Well, I wouldn't consider myself an old-timer secretary. Nope. <laughs> Not yeah. even close. I've seen you but, use Grandview. Uh, I am. I, 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 like, I like Grandview. It's a learning curve. It's mm. definitely a learning curve. I think that's why. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a learning curve, but there's a lot of good things in it. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it gives you information right there when you need it. You could look up and find information right there when you need it. Right. And, a secretary. And I'm a secretary as well, and you know I'm super glad that they have Grandview. I like Grandview, and that's the reason being is because mm-hmm. I'm sick of going out and buying ink cartridges for my printer and paper every freaking mm-hmm. three weeks because mm-hmm. I have to print off a thousand things. Yeah. Everything is PDF now. You can write yeah. it right on there and fire it right back. Exactly. So you don't got to do anything crazy anymore the rules and regs are right where you need them as rules a master regs, officer's there. manuals you can look up somebody's contact info if exactly. you have to get in touch Could with update somebody all the contact info right there i freaking love it yeah i, I like it a lot that's interesting uh matthew butts also says we have masters and wardens meetings to really help communication between the lodges in the district in new york mm-hmm. and that's pretty much like our blue lodge council yeah. same thing except it's not just open to masters and wardens mm-hmm. it's it's open to uh everyone everyone yeah you saw Heath Moth's comment, yes, right? We yeah. got another brother. Uh, Heath uh, from down south says, Air Force security is kind of like Paul Blart, the mall cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have warned you. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's brutal. They're not always that brutal to guess. They take yeah. no they, they take no prisoners, though. That's, that's, yeah, but, they're a, a rowdy bunch. Yeah, but Clark, yeah. Air, Clark Air Base was uh, w- real world stuff. We had uh, Where in, is that again? The Philippines, uh, you said? Yeah, Republic of the Philippines, Angeles City. Mm. Um, it was all real world stuff. We had intruders every night uh, oh, wow. stealing, like they'd steal anything that wasn't tied down. Wow. Uh, we used to have uh, rolls of concertina wire. There was a 26 mile wall, uh, concrete cinder block wall, you know, 10 feet tall, topped with broken glass. And at the base of the wall, Intent- on the inside. Intentional broken glass? Oh, yeah. To keep them off? Yeah. yeah. Like razor wire yes. almost to do. Well, we had razor wire on the along the base. Oh, wow. The intruders would reach over with a hooked stick and steal the razor wire. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, yeah, it was fun. That's and, awesome. you know, we had, there were several coups, coup attempts while I was there. Oh, trying um, to take over the government? Yeah. yeah. And, uh. A bunch of assassinations of Air Force personnel when I was there as well. Any uh, bunches of kids decide to try to storm the airbase to see them aliens um, while you were there? Yeah, there were no aliens at uh, the Air Base. Not, not that's what they I want us to think. Just pulled the rug right out from underneath me. Cause <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I thought no, somebody no. else would have gone there by now. I was I, heading okay, that way. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. Uh, I was actually going to say, um, and what were like, uh, and again, I. I was I was only a Lejeune, but um, mm-hmm. what um, what is like the criteria when they would break into the base or whatever? Um, we run them down and try to catch them. Catch them? Yeah. And, you know, uh, either with us on foot or you know send a dog or. Right. I, again, I don't really know. On stateside, obviously, it's the same thing. They just grab you and beat your ass. But you know, over in Iraq, they you know I don't know if yeah. they light you up or even in the Philippines if they light them up trying to break into the base. Well. Or well, something like no, no, we wouldn't. No one would get. There was no deadly force force authorized for regular base. Mm. You know, the regular base, you know, housing areas or anything. But we also had the largest military working dog program in the military. I'll take the I bullet. Think, I think, thank you. I think yeah. we had about we had about nine hundred military working dogs. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'll take the bullet. Thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, getting just getting your ass chewed up by a Malamar? No, I'm oh. good. <laughs> Is that what they used? Or was yeah, it? It was yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Give me the bullet. I think a Chihuahua could take you down. <laughs> It'd be really, really easy. You're welcome. I'm just, Maybe a Jack See what I'm doing? Carrier. I'm just filling yeah. the pool for you. That's all. Uh, what was I going to say? So, while we're on that subject about aliens and everything, uh, what are you thinking? If they if this if they end up doing this, I, I know they showed up. You know the part that pissed me off about this whole. And I know we're getting off subject now, and you know what? Oh, I mean, we've pretty much covered it. Because um, that never happened. Well, they stood around too. They didn't just show up. <laughs> no, they showed up. They but you know what pissed around. me off more than anything about seeing the picture? It's show us the aliens, and then there's a flag of North Korea right behind them. Like, what the <laughs> hell does that have to do with aliens? Uh, Randoms, it's just you know, random just, shit. Yeah. Maybe but I'm thinking about the wrong aliens. So you know, know. Oh, we're gonna show up to a fully operational military base. <laughs> yeah. They're like nihilists, and they're, they're like, gonna show this? us the aliens. No, they're gonna shoot you in the yeah. face. That's what's gonna happen. Like you can't just walk into Lejeune or walk into Pendleton and be like, "Hey, show us the helicopters" or something like that. They're going to shoot you, probably tase you, loose the Malamos, <laughs> and you're done. Like. <laughs> All right. So I don't think there are any aliens. Don't believe in it. Not an alien believer, nah, huh? Nah, don't believe it. Yep. You know what? I didn't believe until Joe joined the podcast. And now I'm like, nah, full-fledged. So you're you know saying what? gingers are aliens? They're <laughs> like the reptile people that live under the it's ground, like, trans, like that kind of thing? Translucent skin wrapped over an alien frame. Like, if uh, we're talking about translucent skin, he just turned the guns. He just turned the turrets right out. He's like Predator. He'll disappear right in the woods. He'll just camouflage himself. So we were up here for a podcast one right. time, and Ken was wearing shorts. And yeah, uh, somebody who was watching live made a comment about his legs. <laughs> He's like the Predator. I don't get a lot of sun. <laughs> Uh, so Heath Moss, he also says, uh, Navy Security Force Senior Chief Master at Arms. Oh, I'm that's a, what he was. Oh, that must have been what he was. So that's why he's taking that's shots. Why he's he's saying, hey, he's pulling the, hey, it's okay, I'm Italian, I can make a joke. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Navy uh, it's okay, my best friend's forces. Italian. I can what does the Navy Security Force do? Navy Security Forces is pretty much, I believe, the same type of thing. They're, um, they're just guarding like aircraft carriers. Uh, security so. forces, right. yeah. They're, they're Marines had the security forces as well. They were some bad mothers too, man. Like Team America. Like no, like they they had the I've seen them a couple times when they were training. They had the 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 riot shields, mm -hmm. and they would all move like like a like a, a Roman oh, legion, like, a Roman or, like just. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want to see that coming for you. No, no. And they, I don't, I don't remember if they had a side. I think they had a sidearm, but they didn't use. It was a basically a giant billy club, and they yeah. would just beat your ass when they got close to you, or they would just smash you with the shields. I seen them a couple times. It was pretty wild. Um, all MWD are trained by Air Force. Great program. What yeah, the hell's MWD? Air Force Base. What the hell's MWD? Uh, military working dogs. Oh, military oh, okay. working dogs. Yeah, that now I, makes actually, sense. Actually, I had the opportunity to be a, a handler, and uh, when I was done with uh, air base ground defense training at Fort Dix, mm -hmm. it was like the end of November, mm -hmm. and it was a choice. Hey, do I go home for the holidays, or do I go be a, a military working dog handler? I said, ah, I'm going to go home for the holidays. So mm -hmm. I should have been a handler. I'd be worried about the some bitch turning bad on me. Oh, they do. Piss oh, them yeah. off. Just do something. Yeah, do they? They turn on their handlers yeah. occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Take your dog. Take his dog bone. Him just. <laughs> all right, I'll take your forearm instead. <laughs> Scary. Well, you just know, walking it, off, you just know, with an arm like, like this in his mouth. Yeah. Like Siegfried and Roy. It's strange because with police working dogs, you know, the cops take their dogs home. They're you know they right. they have a twenty four seven bond. Yeah, they have a, yep. 
with the military, it's they they the military working dogs go out for a shift and then they go back to the kennel. So there's there's I think less of a bond with a military working dog than there is an actual police working dog. That that's just my observation. I don't know if I technically I don't know if I'd agree with that though. They should really? stay with they should stay right. with their handler. They really should like to to build that bond yeah. and all that stuff. You know, same as police officers, they take them home. They're oh, they're yeah. home dog. You know. Well, you know, if you're if you're living in the barracks, mm. you really well, can't. True. Um, the only other the only other thing is too is that I think police dogs are more deal with everyday people, whereas military dogs don't. They're going out to perform a job, which is eat somebody's ass whereas you know canines have to they have to kind of they have a fine line to walk yes yes yeah would you want a dog that's trained to do that to do that job you know like eat eat the arm off of somebody that has a freaking (laughs) ak-47 do you want them sleeping next to you in the barracks? Joe Schultz like wants one them of those little pet right. dog beds. Well, you also have to run the opposite end of this. I know we're getting totally off the Masonic topic, but that's yeah. fine. Um, the other opposite end of that is, do you want that same military dog to become accustomed to being petted and people talking to them? Now you've softened him mm-hmm. to perform that job. You know, if you're taking him out in combat, you know, that dog, much like a, a mil- somebody who is in the military, if you're mm-hmm. out in combat... You're looking at everybody. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, you know, because realistically in combat, you, you can have a, a an eight year old pop up with an AK and brrr, light your ass up in in combat. Whereas police, you're not so much going to no. get that. No. Yeah, so I, I can understand, I guess, the separation of trying to keep them hard. Oh, also <laughs> in the Air Force, we did not have barracks. We had dormitories in the Air Force. So just just so you know, <laughs> we, we had no. We had no barracks. We had dorms. Dormitories dorms. sounds yeah. nice. We had dormitories. Yeah. I had those in college, too. <laughs> you know, somebody once told me, it's like, uh, if if you had to do it all over again, uh, what would you do? I'd say, uh, I'd go Air Force because they get paid better. <laughs> <laughs> and the food's better. And the food's better. And you're not sleeping out underneath a, a, a sea hut. You know, just a, two, two pieces of fabric and, and two sticks just laying in the mud like, this sucks. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Schultz says we should keep dogs as Tylers. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh my God! Could you, you imagine? imagine? <laughs> that brother hasn't paid his dues. He doesn't have the right gripper word. <laughs> Just a dog. Uh, I like that idea. We should start a program. Uh, Heath Moss said he goes. Uh, I've been on the both sides exactly, uh, and he said in exactly the bond is totally different in the military. Chip Schofield joined us. I went hey. to his retire- retirement party yesterday. Hey, I did too. Chip. Oh, you were up there? Yeah, I was only. I had to leave around two because I had to go to a nephew's birthday party. We had uh, Morningstar's uh, car show, so uh, <clears throat> and then I had some badass babies at home that were flying all over the place. So I had to That's go. Right. Like Marty and Shane were on shift one, and then the rest of us showed up for shift two. Mm-hmm. 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 I caught you on the way up. Yeah. yeah. So he had visitors all day long. We had some funny jokes while we were up there. We had a good time up there. Yeah. Cracking jokes. They made uh, who made the joke? Oh, it was, I think it was Danny uh, Sharkus made the joke about uh, me sitting at the old table, the old bench table that was in the back up there. And I'm sitting there, and he's like, uh, "Look at you." He's like, "Perfect bench for you." He's like, uh, "Old." I said, "Yeah, but it's not short. It's tall." Like, it's funny. Uh, I don't remember the exact contents of the conversation. We had a good time up there at his retirement. Yeah, and again, fun. happy retirement. How much longer you got to go? Eh, I don't know. When I find another job. <laughs>
Oh, you're just hanging out right yeah, now? Yeah, just so... hanging out right now. i got to find another job, then I'll leave. Maybe. Another job with a pension, with benefits. Yeah. Collect them both. Good to go. Yeah. Get, a, get a Shane gig. He's got he's got a good gig going oh, on. He, he always has a gig going somewhere. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I don't have any other questions. That's all I can think of. Cool. So uh, thank you for yeah. coming up here and hanging out with us. And Thank uh, you for the invite. Absolutely. And uh, next time pleasure. we'll have you up here again with Mike, and then we'll we'll do uh, the trivia back and forth, and we'll see who the better district deputy is. With the yeah. shot collar? That's up to them. <laughs> see, Mike's the only problem is, us. here's the problem, though. Okay, Mike, I'm not worried about. We'll shock him all day. But Marty's a police officer, and his shot collar is a hell of a lot better than the one we got. Oh, <laughs> we see, play see, with I, that. We'll be idea. sitting here and just... See, see, I'd love see, to see I, you. I would pay good money to see you get tased. I would right, give now, so much money on, to charity. I have a better idea. All right. We bring right. our AGMs. Uh-huh. And if we answer <gasps> wrong, the AGMs. Oh, I like it. <laughs> That's even yeah, better. That's I even better. better. Yes, AGMs have to come up yep, as well. Let's make this happen. <laughs> we'll make this happen. If the district deputies get it wrong, the AGMs the AGM get popped. Get yes. Yeah. But it's now the, we're going to up the ante, though. Uh-oh. If they get shocked, well... They're going to be wearing the shock collar, but they have to stand in a bucket of water. <laughs> so this is Danny and Steve, right? Yes. Oh, wow. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Or maybe I can find on Amazon a kettle prod. That'd be oh, even more fun. No, we can't kill anybody. <laughs> All right. So uh, we, don't oh. have, we don't have a general liability policy. I would advise it. You have one other yeah, question. Yeah. Uh, Warshaw Brother Joseph Schultz. Any military lodges in the Philippines? You know what? I that I do not know. Um, I wasn't involved. I, I wish I was mm. when I was over in the Philippines. Um, there may have been, but nothing that I recall seeing. There had to have been because yeah. all I think about is MacArthur. Right. Actually, he was yeah, Mason you know, in yeah. the Philippines. It's where he was raised and everything. I uh, visited MacArthur's grave in Norfolk, Virginia, mm-hmm. and I, actually, General MacArthur was made a Mason at site. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he actually didn't go through all the degrees, but right. uh, they did have his uh, shrine fez and his apron. Uh, oh, very cool. Oh, that's it was awesome. really cool to see. Mike Adams said he's not answering any of them right. <laughs> 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 this is the whole point of this. <laughs> Mudry 2020. So uh, our artist, we did uh, our last episode, we did on uh, how Freemasonry could improve current politics of the world. So uh, I had our, our, our artiste uh, go out and actually make campaign pictures on her Facebook. And we did a really good job, he too. Did. He did Mudry 2020. It's pretty funny. Scary good. Yeah. All right. I think he's going to have to be the official campaign artist. Yeah. Well, I've already basically. It's not too late. I mean, we're starting one campaign after another. We can't even complete one that we start. And you've already, you're, you know. Now you're running for president. Sorry, guys. Here, handle the move campaign. Joseph Schultz says the bitching was unbearable. <laughs> well, then you ain't gonna like this one either. Nope. Because <laughs> we're gonna be doing some bitching up here. Not necessarily bitching, but it'd, it'd be funny if uh, storytelling. Peter Daigle could put together a little thing of Puppet George and the dude from I'm Just a Bill. Remember on the the weekend special stuff that the I'm Just a Bill. Yeah, yeah, the old, uh, like the civics lesson. The yeah, civics schoolhouse rock. Yeah, the schoolhouse rock. Yep, yep. Old. I remember it. I mean, I saw it on rerun, probably. I repeat. I know what he's You don't remember about. schoolhouse rock? Old. 
Jackass. I mean, they played it in school. I'm sure it wasn't original in the 1980s, early 90s when I was in school. But I remember seeing it. When God said, let there be light, Joe handed him the match. <laughs> You're lucky your kids are here. <laughs> I'm surprised he knows how I to use I bring them the in. I give them popcorn. <laughs> make the kid keep his shirt on. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He treats in the corner. He's doing the floss in the other room with his shirt half up. Yeah, I'm trying to look at Marty. I see him behind him. Like, lifting up his shirt. Like, what the hell? I can't even look at him. All right. Let's do another episode. This one is going to be on the master's word. We uh, just got finished our last episode, so we're going to send out a two-parter right here what we didn't cover was washington's rules of civility uh for freemasons and in lodge and this is a book about freemasons washington's rules of for freemasons life in the lodge and it's uh just different things pulled out that pertain to masons off of the rules of civility and decent behavior book that he wrote a long time ago something politicians should have read but the next one we have is actually after lodge so we're we now past the, the etiquette in Lodge, and this is now after Lodge. And Washington says, number 105, be not angry at the table, whatever happens. And if you have reason to be so, show it not. Put on a cheerful countenance, especially if there be strangers, for good humor makes one dish of meat a feast. What did I say wrong? Nothing. I just smiled at Marty because he's a guest. <laughs> I put in a cheerful countenance for him. That's all. Uh, uh, so who are you angry at then? I'm not angry at anyone. Well, Washington's basically saying if you're pissed off at dinner, don't show it yes, to anybody. don't show it. Keep the feelings buried deep down inside and, um, you yeah. know. Go home and piss and moan in your car on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> That's not psychologically I'm not that healthy. Good at <laughs> I like to just get it out at the table. Yeah, it is better for you like, that way, but. It, it you just don't want to be the guy sitting there simple. eating, like, stabbing the hell out of your food and you're pissed off. But, uh, no, good advice, though. He says, uh, that is to say, when dining others, uh, when dining with others, never show anger, even if you have just cause. Encourage everyone to be happy, most especially strangers, and for a good time, maybe even if the food is poor or sparse. Hmm. Sparse. 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 Whatever. <laughs> they make fun of my English etiquette as well i think marty might have listened to an episode (laughs) yeah the spelling bee one was pretty funny that was pretty funny we do have to do another one of those yeah they set me up (laughs) but this one we're gonna be talking about a mason's word and i don't mean words as in the ones i can't say or spell uh mason's word what does it mean so one of the things that masons do is is we keep our word especially to each other so for instance like uh Joe had the farm degree mm-hmm. a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, he asked me if I would be you know, a particular part in the degree, and I said, yeah. I'll He's going to make it about him. Who? Me or him? You. No, no, I'm giving an example. I know. And uh, so uh, Joe had said, hey, can you, um, can, can you do this part? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But, you know, a mason keeps his word, and I mean, what would it make me look like as a person or a mason, if I would have just no called, no showed, and then just been like, "Yeah, sorry, man, got busy." Yeah, no, and I it's it's one of those things where, you know, it used to be a big thing in society in general where once you gave somebody your word and you you shook their hand, um, you know, it actually meant something. And that's, gentleman's agreement, yeah, I and that's kind of term. been lost over the years. But in masonry, 
that was one of the things that still held true. That was a tradition mm -hmm. um, just based on our obligation and our oaths to one another. If I give you my word, mm -hmm. I'm going to stand by that. And that's one of the things that attracted me to the fraternity. And when somebody takes that mm -hmm. and breaks it, not only does it make them look poorly, right. and it's, it's unmasonic, it's unbrotherly, mm -hmm. but if it happens to you enough, and it happened to me with quite a few people at the, the farm degree that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. it starts to shake your faith in the fraternity. And that's, right. that's the thing that probably gets me the most, is you're not just no-showing and, and making my work more difficult. You're hitting me at my core. You're taking something that I've put my faith and my belief in. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just for a small second, you're making me question that. Right. And you, know, you get over it. You get through it. You realize it doesn't represent the craft as a whole. Right. But, you know, it it really it really hits home when somebody breaks their word to you. And you're like, we're supposed to be better than that. Right. We're not the common man. We're not the everyday person. We're not some businessman who may be a little unscrupulous or the president of the United States uh, who gives you their word and then breaks it. We're Masons. Right. That's supposed to mean something. And it's, you feel betrayed. That's probably the best word I can, right. I can use to describe it. It's, it's a betrayal. Mm. Um, but, you know, you move on. You, you try to associate yourself with people that don't do that. Right. Um, but you're betraying yourself. You're betraying another brother. You're betraying the craft. Mm. And, you know, every group has them. Every group has them. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Masons or politicians or, you know, it doesn't matter whatever group it is. You're, you're just, it's going to happen from time to time. Masons just make a, a point to not do it as much or, or do it at all if we can't help it. So, uh, you know, I've had situations myself where I've been burned a couple times and, you know, not that, not that I held it against them, but I mean... I guess for me, it's like, at what point does it, or should it ever be a Masonic offense? I mean, you take an oath on a Bible to each other, mm -hmm. and you will go out of your way to do certain things, you know, to assist the brethren. So is that, in a sense, a Masonic offense? Opinions? I think if it, I think it can be, if there's some type of harm done because of that. Right. Um, yeah. Let's, let's say, for instance, people that were going to come show up and... Uh, help me clean up the farm and, and do mm -hmm. everything after the degree and they no showed and we had two or three people. Well, mm -hmm. what if somebody got hurt because there weren't enough people there to help out? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe something like that. Maybe it's something more egregious than that where, I don't know, if you if you take a part in, in a degree, mm -hmm. you say you're going to do it and you just don't show up or you call an hour before and say, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Not that you had an emergency, not that, you know, something unexpected truly came up. You're stuck in traffic, highways shut down. Right. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, not feeling it tonight. I won't be there. What or, do you think? All right, Washville. I think uh, a Mason's word is his bond. Mm -hmm. So once your word is given on, on something, mm -hmm. you have to be true to your word. Mm -hmm. um, you know, accepting things like one a, a, one, a family emergency Mm -hmm. Or things of your uh, of your usual vocation that can't be avoided, right. that you know that you have to attend to. Other than that, your word has to be your bond, and you know it's among the brethren. Mm -hmm. You have to be known as a man of your word. Right. Do you think it's a punishable Masonic offense, or are you on the fence on that one? I don't think it would be a punishable Masonic offense, mm -hmm. but I think the uh, the punishment would come through. The fact that 
brothers knowing that you're not a man of your word. Mm. And they would be aware of that. Right. It might be a good opportunity for whispering good counsel, I think, first and foremost. I'm going to steal some of Danny Sharkus's thunder because I thought he was going to be up here this evening. Go for it. His father, and you probably know this story about uh, Right Worshipful Brother Dave, the poster that he has in his office or had in his office in his previous job. No. So no. he's got he's got um, a really nice representation. He's, it's just been described to me. I haven't actually seen it. Mm-hmm. But he described it as it's two men shaking hands, and one is wearing a Masonic ring. And it says something like, do you remember when a handshake used to constitute a binding contract? Mm-hmm. And it says to a Mason it still does. Right. Right. And that's the only like real Masonic thing that he had in his office. Right. Mm-hmm. But he had that in his place of business to let people know, if I give you my word. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to follow through. Right. I thought that was really cool. It, it's it, it's tough thing. And again, you kind of, it's hard to draw a line for me anyway, between a Mason's word and the oath that he takes to each other. Uh, this also goes out in public, you know, because if you take that same Masonic word, you know, like I give you my word, I'm going to do this. And you'd apply it to the civilian life or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, Hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then, you don't. It, it could potentially bring shame on the fraternity. Well, don't mess with Masons because they're they're dirty dealers. So it, it's across the board, especially if you're mm-hmm. one to wear Masonic hats or <clears throat> rings or anything, or, or even express that you're a Freemason. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, I'm not. We're not. Yeah, don't deal with him. He's he's kind of a he's kind of a dirty dealer. You know. So you got to think about that. That everything you do, everything you say could potentially either help or harm the craft as a whole. Uh, you know, again, even our, our car show, if you know, we did our car show uh, yesterday and we told the school, hey, we're going to come do a car show. We're going to raise all kinds of money for you and do this, that, and the other thing. And what if we just pulled the plug at the last minute? We're like, yeah, no, never mind. These kids went and made these big trophies and they were all prepared for it. And then if we went and yanked the plug on them, it makes us look bad, yeah. you know, and it's another form of breaking your word. It's conduct unbecoming of a mason. Right. Yeah. I wish it's something that would be applied more in, in life, you know, or being able to trust somebody's word on something. It's, uh, it's kind of a lost art. It Absolutely. Really is. Um, no, I believe, I don't know if it's true, but isn't in, still in the state of Connecticut uh, a verbal contract is considered a contract, or is that not anymore? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, any, I think to a degree, uh-huh. but to what the degree the courts hold a uh, verbal contract uh-huh. as opposed to something written is changes, right. I think. Right. Oh, I, I thought, I don't know where I heard that from. Uh, just by virtue of the fact that everything kind of has to be ink on paper these days. I mean, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. You think about, like, all of the official things that you do, like when you're buying a house, you're opening mm-hmm. a bank account, or you're doing any kind of transaction <clears throat> business or anything like that. You have to – there's always a, a contract. Maybe verbal contracts could be binding, but it's just pen some... on paper always is. Yeah. So Right. Uh <coughs> We got all case of the coughs up here today. Uh, yeah, we're Joe's dying, up. Ken's dying, Marty's yeah, over there coughing. I'm coughing. Good thing it's going around the room, though. It's not everybody at once. Right. It's nothing big. It's just a small case of consumption. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. A little consumption. Just, just a touch. What the hell is consumption? 
Tuberculosis. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm thinking consumption. <laughs> no, no. The other consumption. Uh, one of my favorite degrees of, and it falls right into this master's word thing, uh, is actually the Mark Master Mason degree for those who have taken it. Mm-hmm. And for those who know or maybe don't know, at the end of the degree, you're given a Mason's Mark, which is uh, it's a little coin that uh, you put your mark inside the middle of the coin. And it's, uh, what is the equivalent of one penny or something like that? But it was basically explained to you that if you were to give, like, uh, I need, like, Ken, I need $500, and I give you this coin, that's like a symbol of my word that I'm going to pay you back. And you hold on to my mark Mm -hmm. as a ransom until I think it's paying back plus one penny or something like that. It's the, uh, the ultimate IOU. It's the ultimate IOU, but... It's not even the fact of the damn coin because the coin don't mean anything. It's 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 the word. The coin is it's, a, the, it's word, the word the and the promise behind it. Yeah. Is that and I love that that whole concept of like here I'm gonna give you my mark, and that right there is word that I'm gonna pay you back for whatever mm-hmm. or you know whatever the case may be, and I I thoroughly love that degree with it you know because it's actually you could say. You take all the degrees in the planet and, you know, giving each other the word. Yeah, hey, Marty, I'm going to do this for you. Hey, I'm going to do this for you. And, yeah, it's a word. But to actually have a physicality right. of that word, that was impressive to me. That was one of my favorite degrees in Freemasonry, uh, just off of that fact. Hmm. Who's taking that, by the way? Not you. Not me. Nope. All of us. It's not Joe. <laughs> hey, I'm a member of Morningstar. You're not. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> I'll concede the point. <laughs> That's right. That's all I had. I'm sorry. Which, by the way, I got to give you a dues card for. One of the other things that I that drives me bananas as a secretary is when you send out that dues letter, that very first dues letter. Mm-hmm. Now, dues in itself is a promise that I'm going to be an upstanding member of this lodge. It's held in your charges, I believe. Yes. That you will be. Yes. Uh, you you will remain true to your 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 dues to your lodge and all that stuff. And there's nothing worse than sending out that dues letter and hearing nothing. That drives me crazy. I, it drives me even more crazy when you get the phone call. said, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Right. I'll send you something. And then you hear nothing. Right. I'd rather hear nothing at all because then I can think, well, maybe they didn't get it. You know, Maybe they moved and I don't know. But when they call you and acknowledge it and then blow you off afterwards, <laughs> come on, man. Then you got to send them the second nasty yeah, gram. I know where you live. Like, then the third on. nasty gram. Then the third nasty gram. I'm right. on my, like, my second round of nasty gram. Now you're on the phone calls. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, Dues, just pay well, them. Well, right. It comes down to all due signs and summonses. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Right. And that's, that's where it is. So let's break down different things that could be considered a Mason giving his word. So we've already covered the dues one. Mm-hmm. How about RSVPing for dinner? <laughs> That's just never going to happen. That will never happen. We're talking never crazy happen. now. That is not a Masonic offense. No. <laughs> You'll do like a dinner. Hey, we're doing a degree on such and such a night. Uh, dinner's $20. RSVPs needed. How many RSVPs we got? Happen. I think, we, I think we have RSVP required as an asterisk on all yes. of our degrees on our yes, trestle yeah. board, and we get maybe two guys who consistently RSVP. But how many show up? Like 30 sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
you know, we're Masons. You would think that the least we could do is like say, yeah, we're showing up for dinner. It's very you know how simple. much of a pain in the ass that is yeah. to sit there and be like, how many guys are showing up? Well, I got three RSVPs. Just, 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 just order food for thirty. Just order food right. for thirty. That's what we do. We, we go, we go based on averages right. usually. So for like a state of communication, we'll do like twenty five headcount, you know, right. twenty five meals, and then uh, thirty or thirty five. I think was the last number we did for. I mean, I mean, it doesn't happen on a regular basis, but the other end of it is too. Is yeah, yeah. I'm gonna show up for dinner. I'm gonna show up for dinner. Oh, okay, cool. You RSVP'd. Awesome. And then the food comes out, and they're like, oh man, I just ate at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> nope, it happens. It happens. But uh, it's even worse. Like for state of communications, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, lodges have table lodges where they're really putting yeah. out mm-hmm. a nice spread, and getting that accurate headcount is is key. Because if if you get ten guys at twenty bucks a head that say they're coming and they end up not coming, right. That might be two hundred bucks that oh, you just spent. Easily. That might yeah, be yeah. that might be your profit for the night. That right? cost so, your lodge, right? So at this point, you're taking from a fundraising event and actually costing them money versus contributing to it. So you know, I'd love to put this out to the community and say, if any of you guys out there have some kind of system in your lodge or in your jurisdiction mm. that you find works well for RSVPing, like right. you got you you have that problem solved, please by all means let us know. Right? Because here in Connecticut, we'd love to know. Yeah, so right, Worshful Mike Adams is actually live right now. I just want to throw this out there that we are not talking about you, right, <laughs> oh, Worshful wow. Mike no, Adams. No, no. He's at work. We're not talking about no, you. No, no, no. We still no, love no. you, bro. <laughs> and we've actually uh, we we just rescheduled to have him come up here and uh, roast his AGMs. And when I mean roast, I don't mean make fun of. I mean literally no, we mean with roast. electricity. With electricity, yes. Yeah. Like me at that salvage like, yard that day, but I got lit up by seven thousand volts. Do you have you told the story about that? About why you have a doctor's note? And I cannot... don't know if I've told it on air. I, know I don't think you have. You've always so just you... said you have a doctor's. Yeah, you've always said you have a doctor's. Said. Said. So Let's hear about it. This was about two years ago. I was in. Where was I? Menden, Massachusetts at a salvage yard. I work for an insurance company. Occasionally, we go to a salvage yard where all of our total loss cars go, and we check to make sure that we're paying people the right amount of money for their total losses, stuff like that. And the salvage yard is surrounded by an electrified fence. Mm -hmm. And there's signs all over, don't touch it, don't lean up against it, blah, blah, blah. But it's never active during the day. It's only active at night when the place is closed. Mm -hmm. Well... On this particular day, unbeknownst to us, um, they had somebody out testing the fence. Mm-hmm. And the fence was actually on. Right. I was uh, trying to look underneath a car and backed up so I could get a better look at the underneath of the car mm-hmm. and hit a live fence, 7,000 volts. Now, this wasn't one of those things where you know, the way the fence works, it's on a trickle charge. So it slowly charges up, and then it holds that charge. Yeah. And as soon as something hits it, it, it dumps that charge <laughs> all at once. Senator Zanino, I have a question. Yes. I don't what re- part I don't of your recall. body would you say interacted with the fence that day, that fateful um, day? It was my entire back, buttocks, and back of my legs. Ah, okay. So I backed into it, and it was like a bunch of, you know, every foot or so. There's another wire. They could. It actually. So it, you, uh, you, you shocked your ass. I shocked my entire body. No further questions. <laughs> For the record, I never went down. 
I, I stayed on my feet the whole time. I did black out momentarily. Um, wow. It, it melted a hole. I had like a tech material shirt on. It melted a hole in the back of my shirt. <laughs> I, had... I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. It's funny as hell. <laughs> I'm here. That's how I got magic powers. What did you but... say? What, what, actually, okay. what words came like out of your mouth? So one thing about it, and anybody who's ever had this happen to them, it doesn't feel like sticking your finger in a socket. It doesn't feel like your, our shock collar. Mm-hmm. When that amount of voltage goes through you, it feels like somebody came up with you with a baseball bat and just hit you in the back as hard as they freaking could. Um, So the funny thing is, I'll tell you exactly what I said, but before I tell you that, Mm -hmm. standing next to me at the time... Was it like you were like mid-conversation and you were just like, yeah, so I'm looking at... Like you're just getting nailed. Like I, Yeah, pretty... (laughs) Imagine you're sitting there talking to somebody and somebody were to come up to you and just hit you in the back with a baseball bat as hard as they could. I'm standing next to my boss's boss. So the guy who's in charge of everything in all of New England. <laughs> so when I when I come to, like I, I I was like out on my feet, which I didn't know. This is what people were telling me. And they grab me before I go back into the fence again. But at that point the charge had completely dumped into me. And Joe's um, like, something bit me. <laughs> no. Jumped up and bit me. Even worse. I I come to, and I'm like, mother effer, what the F? And I am dropping curse words and F-bombs like you read about. And my boss's boss is as close as Ken is to me right now. And then finally, he he puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, are you okay? And I'm like, what the F? And uh, I'm I'm going nuts. And uh, he's like, uh, I think I think we should call an ambulance. I'm like, I'm going for a walk. I'm going for a walk. No, you should really seek medical attention. At that I should have. Yeah. I never I did. Should've. Did you pee yourself? No, I was. I, I kept all bodily fluids in. Wow, that's, that's um, impressive. I, I didn't even take a knee. I, I might have staggered a little bit, but I took it like a champ. And um, I took an anti whack from that. I almost peed myself. I, I hurt uh, like hell. But at this point, I still didn't know what happened. Mm. And then I'm thinking in my head, did a tire fly off the back of a tow truck or something and hit me because it really felt like a blunt force impact (laughs) uh, like that you couldn't even imagine in this kids is why we don't pee on electric fences yes i would not recommend that but um no we have a good laugh about it now and some people at work like when we put on a presentation and they shut the lights out they're like oh joe's glowing um Uh and that's where you know way back in the early days of uh Discord, I posted something about my superpower shooting lightning out of my arse. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> that's, you can probably do it. That's where I... That's, so that now, might, do you get afraid during thunderstorms? No. No, I'm good. But it could be... Do you, sing the, do you sing the song? <laughs> no, I don't. The, uh, the, the Thunder song. Buddies? A <laughs> few <laughs> <laughs> uh, thunder. Um, but it could be why we have some electrical issues here with our cameras and stuff. Maybe I'm... Yeah. Causing some can you do the under? Like can you do the Uncle Fester where you put the bulb in your mouth and? Uh, I just don't put it in my mouth. Put the bulb, just a light bulb, just an empty yeah, just, light bulb. In your I mouth. can, but I just don't use my mouth. He puts it somewhere else. That's where he's going. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I get it. I get it. But yeah, so that really happened a couple of years ago. That is why I cannot oh. participate in uh, shock collar trivia. I, what were I'm, you I'm talking good. about right before though? Like what was like what was like the words that were coming out of your mouth? We were talking about whether or not the rocker panel was rusted to the point where we should have taken a deduction for the value of the car type of thing. So I was like, "Oh, let me take a look and get a <laughs> 
<laughs> we got to get a clip of that. Yeah. I'm setting him up for a commercial. <laughs> we never realized. It. I don't care. I don't care. Joseph Schultz said, "Of course, I'm not editing. Out. I'm not editing any of the episodes until I You're set the commercial." <laughs> we could do uh, an attorney, Rafferty and Sons. Have you mm. been shocked by an electrified fan? No, no, no. I'm going to actually give up the, the audio clip of what happened at the, <laughs> at the salvage oh, yard. You're, gonna... you're doing the... the <laughs> ah! Mother! <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, so, so uh, you just don't even mess with the shock collar at all. So. I don't mess with any electricity yeah. anymore. I don't even plug in the Christmas light. Really? Yeah, I just... Uh... How do you charge your phone? I'll plug that in. I need my phone, but <laughs> I'll wear like uh, rubber gloves. It's only like five volts. Seriously? No. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Just I'm just Bella. saying, if I got yeah, attacked no. by a shark in the ocean, I'm probably not swimming in the ocean again. Just throwing out there. Well, every, t- every time I go to one of these salvage yards, I give it like a five-minute speech on, hey, just so you know, even though it says it's not active, do not go near the fence. And I'll say, did you hear about that guy that works for us that got ele- almost got electrocuted and got all... Charged mm-hmm. up on the fence and they're, oh yeah, I heard about that. Like, yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. So re- real quick, Ken, and then you could say what you're going to say. So basically, every time you go into a salvage yard, you're like, uh, what's his name in Jurassic Park when he's throwing oh, the stick between God. the fences? Yeah, just pulled the rug oh, out yeah. from under me. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it really happened. You know what the funny part about that, that whole thing is? That kid was a ginger is? too, wasn't he? Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, yes, he was. Pretty sure, yeah. he had red hair. No. He was reddish, whatever. It was like Auburn. The kid, right? Yeah, yeah. The little kid was Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. Little Timmy. Was yeah. it Timmy? Are you talking? Yeah, about Lights and alarms are going off in the ginger. The first one. I, you know what the crazy thing? I don't think was? he had red hair. What? The, oh, somebody got Google you. it. Discord. Right. Discord. Discord. Put it on our. <laughs> put it on our page for. So, so basically, and if you notice, that kid when he got hit by a hundred thousand volts did not die. Do you know why? Because he has no soul. <laughs> gingers don't have souls gingers can't go to heaven they can't go to heaven or hell they just totally not getting my vote for president <laughs> uh let's see here um heath moss says it hurts like heck but i'd rather be tased than sprayed with oc any day what's that oc uh oleoresin capsicum with pepper the spray oh yeah no we got the cs gas it was called it sucked. We, we got, you don't we want got CS in the Air Force as well. But, sucked. Uh, yeah. But no, actually, uh, OC is worse. Really? Than CS? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's it's bad. So I prefer to not have any of them. So I'll tell a funny story about when I was in the Marine Corps. We had to do the gas chamber. All right. You guys will like this one. I know we got off Masonic word, but you know what? This happens. And you know what? Yeah. Funny yourself. So I'm in the gas chamber. And when you walk into the gas chamber, you go into some platoon and you have to line the walls. And, uh, I was in the Air Force Junior ROTC when I was in high school. So they used to uh, call me Zoomy. <laughs> Flying planes, zoom, zoom, zoom. You know. uh, so uh, this one particular drill instructor, he had my number because I came into boot camp and I already knew how to march. I knew how to, you know, column left. I knew how to column right. So Neil said I was an easy target. But you get into the, to the, uh, the gas chamber and they close the door behind you mm-hmm. and they're burning the CS and basically it's just hanging there and they burn it and it just disperses. You can't see your hand in front of your face. It's like walking into a smoke filled room. So your mask, you have your mask in your face and the first thing you do with it is you just break the seal of it and then you, you put your fingers in the mask, you know, uh, to break the seal. And then once you're done with that, you pull your hand out, you 
pull the straps tight and you put your hand on the front of the thing and you blow out with all the air you have in your lungs. So you hold your breath, obviously, before you break the seal. And you blow all the air and it farts the mask and it blows all the CS gas out. And then you can start breathing again. Second time you take it, you put it on top of your head, right? And then you put it back on, same thing, pull the straps right, fart the mask, you're good to go. Third time, you hold it out in front of you. Well, as I'm standing there holding it out in front of me, you can kind of just slightly open your eyes up. The drone instructor looked at me, smile on his face, smacked the mask out of my hand, and cup checked me all at the same time. <laughs> 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 I'm dying, right? Can't breathe. I just snot and eyes and brain matter and everything just pouring out of me. <laughs> and he's holding my chest against the wall because they don't let you come out into the middle of the room. Obviously, you knock the table over and get further blowtorch. Right, right. So he's pinning me against the wall, and I'm just like losing it, right? So finally, I put the mask on outside, and let me tell you, that was horrific. But I'll tell you what, after all the CS cleared out of my lungs and my eyes and every orifice of my body, I never breathed better in my entire life because <laughs> really? there was no mucus anywhere left in my entire body. It was pretty bad. But anyway, that was my funny story about that. But I've never, I've gotten only electrocuted by house electricity. Yeah, no, it's, it's not fun. I've never got hit by actual crazy amounts of electricity. Yeah, I, I thought 120 volts was pretty bad. That thing hurts like a bitch. Yeah. And what's that what, go up to? Is uh, that 120? I don't know. I think no. it's probably about 120. Yeah, so 7,000. Yeah, 7, no. And I know Dan's going to chime in and say it's the amps that'll kill you, not the voltage. Yeah. I don't care. It's 7,000 volts. <laughs> it hurts. It still hurts. It hurts. Because Dan is watching. All right. This has uh, turned into I a... I mean, he looks... It's turned into a goof show. I'll, I'll, Sorry, Marty. I'll I know we were talking about some... He looks pretty gingerish to me. For those who are uh, watching live, we found a picture up, of Timmy from Jurassic Park. I think the tint is off on his computer here. No, I th no, it's nah. it's a really nice uh, screen. Strawberry blonde. Mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll bring it to the jury over there. <laughs> Marty, okay. let our district deputy. Ginger, the district deputy. He's the he's the ruling authority here. <laughs> ginger and not ginger. Yeah, ginger. Ginger. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you. <clears throat> I tried. I tried. <laughs> Gingers can't die. They're daywalkers. Did you really drop a strawberry? <laughs> strawberry blonde. <laughs> uh, but I think it's funny in that movie. Now, how did we get here? I don't know how we get uh, here. This is how it happens. It's just it just spirals. We'll have a topic and then poof, it just disappears. Right from taking a mason at their word to a mason me getting electrified word. on a fence. So what I'll probably do is I'm probably just going to take that little section where we didn't go sideways and attach it to the other episode. And there this one's. Go. We'll go back to being serious. Yeah, we'll go back to me. <laughs> you're just gonna take out that one. You're gonna I'm gonna take out that, that one and one. isolate it and put it with the other one. And this oh. one's just gonna be our our screw off with the rest of it. But uh, now maybe maybe you guys can help me out here. I don't believe wood is not a conductor of electricity. Correct. So if you threw a piece of wood like he did in that movie at two wires of electricity, nothing would happen. I wouldn't have really done anything. Anyway. I wouldn't have done anything. Probably not. So, yeah, there was not too much ingenious put well, into that. Well, I mean, the guy was an archaeologist. He wasn't like an electrical engineer. Yeah, and he you let know, the kid get fried. Slack. Hey, whatever. You know, well, I got to respect him. He wasn't him. really good with well, kids well, either. He legitimately said He's like, let it. the ginger get fried. <laughs> I'm not going on Discord for a week. until they turned it on. Right. right. They had it off, and then the power was turned right. back on. I'm going to get lit up on Discord, aren't I? I can see all these little Timmy memes now. Oh, God. They're probably already there. You're probably. welcome. 
So Mason's word. Mason's word. Reel it all back in. Uh, Mason's word. I guess for me, the biggest thing is if you say you're going to do something, my two particulars are events and degrees inside the fraternity. Events and degrees are the two big ones. Dinners, whatever. It is what it is. But some lodges uh, are much smaller than other larger lodges, and there's not a very big pool of of masons to actually do these parts you know on the smaller lodges so everybody has a set part and when you say you're going to do something and then in the final moment you pull the plug it wrecks the whole night mm-hmm. right. and it also more so than it it hurts the lodge it hurts the candidate who's going through it mm-hmm. because now it's ruined you know and again you really don't remember you know, your EA or your entered apprentice, or your, or your entered apprentice, your fellow crafter, your master mason as you're going, you know, later down the road. But it makes an impression on that night. So if it's messed up that night, you might be hindered. That person might be like, yeah, that was, a, that, was a sh- that was a shit show. I ain't going back to that. Or maybe the candidate doesn't even notice what happens, right, right. but it still puts well, the leadership see, see, in the lodge. I, I, don't, I don't know if a candidate would notice if something was messed up. Right. You know, it... It would be because you're going in <clears throat> blind. Right. So you really don't know what's right, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then again, for things like the lecture, uh-huh. if, you know, someone's giving a first section lecture and they're stumbling through it, you notice. Yeah. Even as a candidate, you notice. Mm-hmm. And that's why one of the, <clears throat> one of the things I've always told people is uh, keep your bearing Keep your military bearing. Mm-hmm. Marty, you know about that. Yes. Military bearing. Don't break stride. Don't make mistakes. Don't go, <sighs> you know, don't be eccentric about it. You mess up, you miss a word, roll through it. Yep. Don't stop, you know, because they're not going to mm-hmm. know the difference in either way. Uh, in, perter- in pertaining to, you know, uh, and again, I'm not a big, comp- I think it's much more impressive when somebody actually recites the ritual and knows the ritual less impressive when they read it so that's why i'm talking about when the mason gives his word that he's going to be there at the degree and then doesn't somebody has to read it yeah usually and then you know he's sitting there like well why is this guy reading it you know everybody else is doing it just to me it's impression points and that's that's a big one uh that's all i got anybody you guys got anything else for the uh mason's word Trying to think of other instances where it would. Uh, I don't really. I mean, the biggest one to me is recently being a sitting master. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's really tough when you have to scramble at the last minute yeah. to find mm-hmm. either somebody to pro tem. Depending on what the position is, sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier than other. Like we're blessed with having a lot of past masters that show up to degrees, True. knowing that we're probably going to call on them yeah. to like sit as Tyler or like sit with the candidates mm-hmm. in the back room, and that's one thing. I mean, it's really nice to have that. Smaller lodges, less active lodges may not have that same right. safety net. Right. Um, but to do like a lecture or something like that, to say that you're going to be there and do the lecture and not show up, or to let the master know at the last possible instant and not have somebody ready in the wings to take over for you, mm-hmm. I mean, it puts way, like a huge amount of pressure on the people that are running that degree. This also applies to those who are going to take an officer position. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. 
yes. Yeah, I want to be the junior steward. Yeah, I want to be the junior warden. Yeah, I want to do this. And then, then you you're a no-show for half, at least half the meetings. That's tough, especially the higher the chairs you get. Because, you know, the stewards, nah, whatever. There's not really much work for you on a regular stated meeting. But once you're starting into deacons and wardens and secretaries and treasurers and, you know, there's some throwaway chairs that are just like, whatever, marshal, historian, right. you know, it's more of just a, a warm body. Some lodges use historians more so than anything. But stewards are kind of a throwaway. You should be there, but if you're well, not. Well, I mean, you've got to run refreshment. Right. No, if if one steward is missing, it does impact. Well, right. I'm giving an example of like a, a basic meeting. So for like no yeah. degree, yeah, just a regular right. stated. We're gonna show up. We're just gonna run through what we gotta run through and get the hell out of there. Like no, there's no refreshment. You know, because our lodge, if there's nothing going on, we don't do refreshments. We'll do right. donuts or something afterward. Whatever. You know, that's anybody can pick up donuts, but it's the big ones that are like. True. Well, well, my feeling is if if you're gonna be absent. A meeting, it should be incumbent on that officer to find your replacement. Absolutely, hey, couldn't agree if you're more. Not going to be there. Hey, guess what? You get to find your replacement. Don't mm. throw it on the master at the last second. That's a good point. Could not agree more. Yeah, yeah that happens a lot. That used to happen yeah. with me. You there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know it. Sit, figure it out. Grab a book. Yeah. It's not hard. You have three lines. Read it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Corey Lady, unless it's in English, you can, can't can read it, and we better not have an open cipher in a tiled lodge. That is in my district, is what he says. Cipher. We don't really have a cipher. No. Well, He's talking about oh. the ciphered, like the ciphered right. thing, I guess, in wherever he is in his, well, in his grand jurisdiction, the whole thing is right. ciphered. Well, actually, Connecticut used to be like that up until, yeah. what, 95 or thereabouts, I believe? I think so. Because then... uh, right where brother Dave Sharkis showed me the actual mm -hmm. old cipher book that he learned from, and everything was coded. Everything yeah. except for working tools. Remember. Working tools, I think. Yeah, I, I think I remember seeing everything. that book. Yeah, and working tools are whatever. They're they're nothing. It's fruit flies. They're all over the place. Yeah. We gotta get apple cider vinegar, but yeah, they only seem to come out when we are physically in this room. Yeah, no. Like when I never... first show up and we're like opening stuff up, they're not. We can't find yeah. them anywhere. No, all the time we're sitting I in think the room. Your son attracted him. I think he's got bugs. Or they're like living in that old crappy laptop of yours. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or like in the soundboard. I, I've got nothing. All right, brothers. What do you say? We were Oh, California he's from. So in California, uh, it's ciphered. So. All right, brothers. What do you say cool. we wrap this up? We had enough fun for one night. What do you think? Sure. Sure. All sure. right. For the Freemasons podcast, uh, this is uh, Right Worshipful George Mudry signing off. Worshipful Brother Joe signing off. Worshipful Brother Ken signing off. Right Worshipful Brother Marty McCary signing off. Timmy! Timmy!